Gracious Father, we thank you for the Word of God as we consider your Word now. We pray for your help, for the power, for the dynamic of your Spirit. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Fall afresh upon this gathering. Touch our hearts and prick our spirits with thy truth. May the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about Methuselah, the life and death of the oldest man. We are told here concerning this individual that his days were 969 years. And then at the end of that very long life, he died just as we will die. A baby is heard crying, cradled in the arms of his mother. She takes him up tenderly. She wraps him. She keeps him warm. She nourishes him. And then his father comes in from the fields. And his father's name was Enoch. And he was 65 years of age. We read in Genesis chapter 5 in the verse 21. And they looked upon that child with compassionate and yet with very tearful eyes. And he said to his wife, we will call this boy Methuselah. Enoch was the most remarkable man of the era before the flood. <coughs> Even more remarkable than Noah, I would suggest. And whenever he was 65 years of age, he was blessed, him and his wife were blessed with this boy, the oldest of their family. Methuselah. And something happened to Enoch at that point in time. A child changes all of our homes, all of our families. Life is never the same once a child comes along. But Enoch was changed not just physically or in relation to his psychology or his outlook the moment Methuselah was born, but he was changed spiritually. God did a work in his life at that point in time. And we know that because he began walking with God after Methuselah was born. We are not told that he walked with God before Methuselah came. He walked with God after. Verse 22 says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. He is the first individual of whom we read that he walked with God. Certainly Adam and Eve walked with God in the state of paradise, but Enoch only walked with God after Methuselah was born, and he was the first man so to do since the fall. And that makes him a very remarkable individual. So what was it that changed him? When Methuselah was born, what was it that transformed Enoch's thinking? How was it that he looked upon this child and suddenly God came? Did it work in his heart? He saw a vision of Judgment Day. He realized that God was going to judge the wicked society of which he was a part. He realized that something dreadful was going to happen. Therefore, he called the child Methuselah. The name Methuselah literally means the man of the dart. 
The dart speaks of judgment, represents God's arrow of judgment that was being drawn, that arrow that was prepared, that arrow that was directed towards a wicked world. The end was coming, but the end would not come until Methuselah would die. And so every day that Methuselah lived was a warning that judgment would come, that the dart would be sent. But as long as Methuselah lived, the dart would be held back. In Methuselah's name, you could see Selah, that particular construct that we read in the Psalms. That refers to a pause. And that has led some scholars to say that the name Methuselah actually means, according to the message that the dart represented, when he is dead, it shall be sent. When Methuselah dies, it shall be sent. And the dart is the judgment of God. And therefore, the word Selah means a pause. Some people think it was a musical term, the pause in the music. God's judgment would be paused, it would be suspended until Methuselah died. When he is dead, it shall be said. And so in a very physical way, Methuselah's name preached a message to a corrupt world that the judgment of God will come. And you know, that's exactly what happened. 969 years later, the flood came. It took almost 1,000 years, but the flood came. How do we know that? Well, you can do the maths for yourself. Methuselah lived 187 years, and Lamech was born. And then we are told that Lamech, he lived 182 years, and Noah was born. And that's 369. And then you come over to uh, Chapter 7 of Genesis and verse 11, and Noah was 600 years of age, and the flood came. That's 969. God makes no mistakes. Enoch got the message, and he got it right. The judgment was coming, but judgment would not come until Methuselah died. When he is dead, it shall be sent. And 1,000 years later, God's wrath came upon that old world. That old world that was warned over all those centuries that the end was coming. Methuselah's father, as I have said, was the most remarkable man of the pre-flood era. Enoch was a prayerful man. Prayerful people are sensitive people. He was a man who walked with God. He was a devotional man. He could leave all behind, leave the world behind. He could go for these long walks, communing with God. And God came to him in a way that he did not come with anyone else in that particular era. He was a man who was in tune with God. He didn't run ahead of the Lord. He didn't walk behind the Lord. He was with the Lord and step with God. Living in step with God. That was the kind of man Enoch was. And as he walked and as he prayed, he preached. How do we know he preached? Well, we are told that in the Word of God. If you come with me over to the very end of the Scriptures, 
to the little book of Jude, you will discover the very message that Enoch preached. And it will not be a surprise to find out what the content of his message was. Jude, verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. He spoke of judgment. But as he preached, he didn't just preach about the flood that was coming. He probably didn't know a flood would come upon the world. He knew judgment was coming. He knew his son spoke of judgment. But Enoch was more far-sighted than that. He saw the very second coming of Christ before Christ came the first time. He said, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. And so the message of Enoch spoke not only to his own generation, it speaks to this generation, it speaks to us today. All these millennia later, Enoch still speaks that Christ is coming. Ten thousands of his saints. He's coming with his holy angels. He's coming. The trump of God will sound. The voice of the archangel will be heard. The sky will be filled with the very glory of God. And he will come and execute judgment. Do you see that? Execution. What a dreadful word. Execution is. Execution. He will execute judgment upon all and to, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. The person, ultimately, that we answer to is Christ. It's how we stand before God that counts. It's how Christ sees us. It's how God sees us. People have all kinds of reasons why they will not come to Christ. People have all kinds of excuses for their sin. They want to blame this one and that one. And they want to go down this alley and down that alley. But the one alley they will not look at is the alley at the end of which is God looking upon them. They will not think of Him. They will not consider the fact that ultimately it's how you stand before Christ that counts. It's how God sees your life. It's how He reads your thoughts. It's what He sees in your heart. And all those hard speeches against the gospel and the things of God and all those ungodly deeds which an ungodly world is committing is bringing men and women face to face with the judgment of God. Enoch recognized this. And so Methuselah's upbringing, he, he lived in the presence of a man who knew God, a man who walked with God, a man who prayed, a man who preached. Methuselah was exposed to truth. And what a blessing it is to be exposed to truth. You're here tonight. You're a young person, a child perhaps. What a good thing it is to be in the house of God, to be brought along here by your parents. You're hearing truth. You're hearing something that is more true than the newspapers tomorrow morning. You hear something that is more true than all this stuff that the BBC and ITN put out. You're hearing the Word of God. What a happy thing it is to hear God's Word. Don't disregard it. I do not believe that Methuselah disregarded the Word of God. His name meant something. His life preached a certain message. The judgment is coming. And when he is dead, it shall be sent. 
When I die, he said, judgment will come. Something happened to Enoch that changed him, the birth of a son. Something happened to Methuselah that he never would have forgotten. His father disappeared. Enoch, when he was 360 and five years, and remember, for the times in which these people lived, pre-flood, this was a short life. Enoch was young. He had so much more to offer, so it seemed. Sometimes we're inclined to feel that the best life is a long life. Not always so. God gives somebody a long life and they use that life for the Lord. That's wonderful. But a life that is young, live for God in the presence of God, that is taken away early, that life is well spent. God's glorified. Enoch lived a relatively short life in this world. But one day he walked away and he never came back. We're told that God took him. Whereas one Sunday school teacher told her little child, I heard this story in the class, one day Enoch went out walking with God and they got away so far together that God simply said to Enoch, Enoch, you've come so close to my home today, why don't you just come on and stay with me? And, and that's exactly what happened. Enoch was one of those rare men who did not die. The only other man in this category is Elijah. He was taken straight into the presence of God. And Methuselah was aware of that because Methuselah by this stage was 300 years of age. He lived a third of his life almost with his father, exposed to the wonderful influence of his father. And then his father was taken away. One day he never came back. He, he disappeared. And a search party was sent out. Of course a search party was sent out. If we lost one of our loved ones, there would be a search party. If someone goes missing, there's a search party. And so there was a search party and until they were ashamed, they realized he's not coming home. He's in the very presence of God. But there was someone else in this family, a grandson of Methuselah's. A boy was born just as Methuselah was born, and his name was Noah. And he was given this name in verse 29. By his father Lamech, the son of Methuselah, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. The name Noah refers to comfort. They lived in a hard world. They lived in a tough world. They lived in a world where they had to work hard in order to eke out a living. But they also lived in a corrupt world, a sinful world, a world that was departing from God. At the very end, there would only be one little family that would be faithful to God. And that was the family of Noah. Noah would bring comfort indeed. And then, this Methuselah became a, a really old man. As he entered the, the last century of his life, as he saw his peer group disappearing one by one, God came to his grandson, just as God had come to his father, God had said, the judgment is getting close now, Noah. You need to build an ark for the saving of your family and for the saving of the world. And so Noah, in complete obedience, he started this great work. 
It was a place of refuge. Methuselah throughout his life, even by his name, he had said, judgment is coming. And now the judgment was getting closer. Now this great ark was being prepared. And there was Noah cutting down the timber, making the planks, preparing the pitch. There he was working to the pattern that God had given to him, building something a world had never before seen. A great ship. The people laughed at him. They mocked him. They jeered him. But still, Noah continued. I can actually see Noah going and paying people to help him build this boat. And yet the very people were doing the work for him. They didn't believe it would ever be needed. I can see the work going on. I can hear the sawing and the chopping. And I can hear the nails being hammered in. I can hear Noah preaching. It's a place of refuge. Judgment is coming. Enoch preached this. My grandfather Methuselah, he has preached this. I can see Methuselah. The eyes are now blind. The ears are almost deaf. The joints are so stiff. Pain is setting in. Yet the mind is still sharp. And he talks about Enoch. And he talks about the judgment that's coming. When he is dead, it shall be sent. And here was the old man nearing the end of his days, declaring the very fact the wrath of God would visit upon that old world. But yet there was mercy. Because here was this ark. Here was his refuge. The ark was almost completed. The door was put in place. But still the door was open. Come to the ark. Come. And then there came the news. The old man is dead. Methuselah is gone. They had the funeral. The oldest man who ever lived. And then the floods came. God shut that door. But it was too late for the thousands who had heard the warning. And yet they hadn't come. The word that was given to Enoch almost 1,000 years earlier came to pass. Because this book never lies. God's word is real. Oh, as we think about this man, Methuselah, his life at his death, death is coming. He lived long and he lived until he was old. But yet there was that appointed moment whenever he would have to face the Grim Reaper. So it is for us all. Death's coming. For some it will come quicker than others. Yet there is that appointed moment. For some it will come as a result of a long lingering illness. And people will say it was expected. And for others it will come suddenly. Without warning. And it will be the talk of the community. But whatever way it happens. Death will come. Whether it comes this week or this year, or next year, or 20 years, or 30 years from now. Death is coming. And there's some who know they don't have 20 years, maybe not even 10. They know that for a fact. There's others who think they have it, and they may not have it. And here is the greatest certainty in life, the one day we shall meet with death. And preparation needs to be made. And have you prepared, not 
just for death? Have you prepared to meet God? Have you made that preparation? Whatever you have done with your life, if you have not made preparation to meet God, your time has been squandered and wasted, but it is not too late. Thank God tonight it's not too late. And that is the great message of Methuselah's life. Death is coming, judgment day is coming. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, after death, there is the judgment. Death is not annihilation. And death is not a disappearance into unconsciousness. And death transports men and women with consciousness, with feeling, with awareness, into the presence of God. And there will be that great white throne. And the dead, small and great, will be summoned. No old books will be opened containing the deeds of all those unrepentant sinners. It'll contain the records of people who sat in gospel meetings like this and yet said no. And the very dates when you said no will be written down and will present it as evidence against you because you turned away from the Word of God. Judgment day is coming. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's the law of the harvest. The mills of God grind slow, but I tell you they grind small. 969 years Methuselah lived. Speaking of an event, the people said, it hasn't happened, therefore it won't happen. Century after century, it hasn't happened, it won't happen. We've heard that message before, it hasn't happened, it won't happen. But it did happen, because God's word always comes to pass. You cannot ignore the word of God. You cannot turn from the word of God. You cannot set the word of God aside. You dare not do that. Because judgment day will come. And not one of us will prevent it. Death is coming. Judgment is coming. God is long-suffering. Perhaps that is the most pertinent message that comes from the life of Methuselah, that God is a long-suffering God. You see, that old world deserved judgment. Deserved judgment in the days of Enoch. Perhaps that's why Enoch was taken away. He was so spiritually beautiful and so near to God that God just took a servant away. God sometimes chooses to take the very best of his servants away. They're not fit for this world. Enoch was taken away. But still, God's judgment did not come. And as long as Methuselah lived, there was a sign to the world that God was long-suffering. God was patient. God was giving men and women space to repent. Even when he was a very old man, barely breathing, God kept them alive. God kept them on life support to give the world an opportunity to repent. But still, the people didn't listen. God is long-suffering. He's gracious. No soul is ever lost because God is vengeful and unjust. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He gives people opportunity after opportunity. And in gospel preaching lands like this, and in gospel preaching congregations like this, he has given you more opportunities than most. Because time and again, the word has come. 
Others have been taken. Good people, godly people. They've been taken into the presence of God. Other sinners have been taken. But you have been spared. You're still with us and you're still here. And God has kept you in life support. Because he's a suffering, long-suffering God. Gracious and kind. Giving opportunity. And again, you have this opportunity tonight. Death is coming. Judgment is coming. God is long-suffering. The wickedness of the world will have an end. That's a very relevant message from the life of Methuselah. That ultimately, God will not allow a wicked world to continue rebelling, continue sinning, continue resisting God, continue to mock God. God will not allow that to go on indefinitely. He will say, you've gone so far and so no further. I'm going to make an end of it. That's exactly what God did when the, the flood came. That's what God's going to do with this society. This society is sinning and rebelling and setting aside God's word, living as if God's law doesn't count, making their own rules instead of God's rules. Man is getting worse and worse. And the, the deeds that people are committing and the, the sin that's being paraded, it's disgusting, it's vile. How must God not feel if we feel offended by it? God is allowing it all to continue. He's long-suffering. He's gracious. But then there will come the time God will just step in. Judgment will come. This nation is heading for the judgment of God. And so is the Western world. I have no doubt about it. What about you personally, individually? You may be moral and upright. Don't take part in all the scandalous sins of this age, but you're still turned away from God. You've still rejected the gospel. You said no to Jesus Christ. Sodom had no Bible, Sodom had no preacher. But you have a preacher and you have a Bible. And you know the way. How great will your judgment not be? When you meet with God. But then finally, death is coming, judgment is coming, God is long suffering, the wickedness of this world will come to an end. Then finally, there is a place of refuge. Before Methuselah died, he saw the place of refuge. All through his life, he had known that judgment was coming. But then in that last century of his life, he saw the place of refuge. Must have made his heart glad. Here was a grandson. A name whose name, his name represented comfort. And he was erecting this great ship for the saving of the world. I thank God. While there is a message of sin and a message of judgment... A message of God's wrath. While all these things are true and they must be preached and they must be proclaimed. There is an ark. And tonight there is an open door. And this ark of course is Christ. And Christ is that door. And Christ is that way of escape. Apart from Christ there is no escape. 
For how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? But thank God, the gospel is here presented. And there is a way by which you can escape the wrath and curse of God that is due to us for sin. There's a way to escape hell. There is a way by which you will be able to stand before the righteous God one day and be perfectly acquitted. Execution is a dreadful word, but to be acquitted, to be set free, to be pardoned, to be justified, that's what we need. That's what you need. And you can only have that peace and rest through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Therefore, I appeal to you tonight, Listen to the call of the gospel. Listen to the solemn warning that comes from the life of Methuselah. The death and judgment are coming nearer. Steer for Christ. Put your faith in him tonight. Bow your head and cry unto the Lord. Save me. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, will you do that? And then you'll be able to look back and say, On the 5th of February, 2023, I found my refuge in Jesus Christ. There I I cast my anchor. Whatever life throws at you from this day forward, whatever waves there are and storms you face, you'll have the anchor. You'll be safe in him. Or will you not come find refuge in the Savior tonight? Let's bow for prayer. Oh God, our Father, we thank you for your truth and for your word. For our dear unconverted friends, we pray that they will seek the Lord and find refuge in him this evening. Oh Lord, be merciful. For Christ's sake, amen. Let's sing this closing hymn.